0: Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by two of the best known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Voison and Link Deveni. Each of them paralegals for over 20 years and both dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Paralegal Voice. Thanks for joining us on our monthly podcast here at the Legal Talk Network. I'm Lynn DeVenny, a North Carolina State Bar Certified Paralegal employed by a small civil rights firm, Elliot Pishko Morgan, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I provide litigation support in an amazing number of specialty areas, including, but not limited to, immigration, employment law, workers' compensation, and personal injury. I also co-authored a book with my supervising attorney, Workers' Compensation Practice for Paralegals, which talks about case management of serious injury cases pretty much from A to Z. And I also author a blog for paralegals at practicalparalegalism.com.
2: And I'm Vicki Voison, a NALA Advanced Certified Paralegal. I call myself the Paralegal Mentor and publish a weekly e-newsletter titled Paralegal Strategies. I'm also the co-author of The Professional Paralegal, A Guide to Finding a Job and Career Success. More information is available at paralegalmentor.com, where new subscribers receive my 151 tips for your career success. Before we get started, a big thanks to the sponsors of The Paralegal Voice, Redacted from Informative Graphics Corporation, automatic redaction for your digital documents. Find out more at redact.com. NALA, a professional association for paralegals providing continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at NALA.org, and CLEO. Web-based practice management at GoCleo.com.
1: I just want to insert here that I encourage our listeners, if they haven't already taken advantage of free trials at Redactit and Clio, um, to check out this some of the amazing software uh, that they have available. And uh, if you haven't checked into joining NALA, uh, the organization national organization offers just an incredible amount of resources for legal professionals. Uh, so hopefully uh, you'll check out that site. Um, The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry, and also to share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources that we think you'll find helpful in your careers and everyday jobs. We'll also have guests on the program to help us explore timely topics like today's
2: guest. Our guest on today's show is Kim Wurzel who is a reformed litigator, and she's going to talk to us about paralegal hiring trends. Kim is currently a Placement Director with Special Counsel in its Raleigh, North Carolina office, and in this role, Kim focuses on placing temporary, temp-to-hire, and direct-hire legal support professionals in temporary attorneys. So welcome to the Paralegal Voice, Kim. Thank you. Glad
1: to be here. Kim, we're really excited to have you uh, here today because of your special knowledge of the uh, paralegal employment current trends right now. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your own career path and how it led to your current position at special counsel?
3: Sure. Like, like most people, I sort of um, wandered through life and ended up where I was supposed to be. I was a non-traditional um, law student. I didn't start law school until I was 30, and I went to UNC Law. After finishing law school, I clerked for a year at the Business Court, which is a specialty court um, at the time, only in um, North Carolina in Greensboro. They've since expanded to um, Charlotte and Raleigh as well. After that, I worked in Delaware as a plaintiff securities litigator, um, which was exciting and then decided to come back home to North Carolina and worked as an assistant attorney general with the North Carolina Department of Justice. I was in the Consumer Protection Division focusing on civil actions um, on behalf of the state against car dealers and health clubs and car warranty sellers, et cetera. Um, And then I saw the position here at special counsel and have always had... I've always been that person that the your friends always call and say, I'm looking for a job. And I would hook them up and connect them to the people who might be hiring and um, decided I'd give this a try and have been happily doing it um, for almost a year now.
2: So, Kim, what services does special counsel offer, especially for legal support staffers?
3: Well, special counsel is a legal placement agency. So we focus on everything from um, a receptionist that would sit in for an hour during a a firm Christmas party to placing a general counsel at a corporation. The only kind of hiring we don't typically do is partners with a book of business. Um, When it comes to the placement services, as part of our interview and screening process, you would interview with with me or another placement director and we would hopefully coach you through um, the best way to present yourself in an interview and and reach out and find you a position, whether temp or perm, and um, just work with you on that whole process up until you get the final, final position and hopefully thereafter. And that's why
1: our listeners are going to be particularly interested to hear your take um, on current paralegal hiring trends. What are the most in-demand specialty areas for legal support staffers at this time?
3: Well right now we're seeing a lot of interest in the intellectual property field. Um everything from patent prosecution to patent litigation. Um it, it's just really a hot area. So if you have an interest or an affinity in that area, you're you're going to be well well placed. Um Patent prosecution paralegals tend to be very detail-oriented, and um, the other thing I'm seeing not just in patent prosecution is litigation, uh, litigation paralegals. It's a, it's a fairly stressful and high-demand area, so there's lots of folks' um, burnout that I think happens, and so they're frequently openings. I'm also seeing more corporate paralegal positions coming open, and, and non-traditional paralegal roles, such as contracts administration. Well, Kim,
2: technology is always evolving, and it's always improving, so I'm wondering what the most in-demand computer and software proficiencies are. Well,
3: that is off- that usually is going to depend on what specialty area you are in. Um, you're always going to need to know your basic Word software, um, the ability to, to navigate through Outlook and navigate through even Excel and and Microsoft Word. Now, on the litigation side, you're also going to want to have a a good knowledge of at least one um, discovery software, such as Summation or Concordance or something along those lines. Um, You want to be really well-versed in how that operates. You also need to make sure you understand what ECF filing is. Um, So many courts, even at the state level now, are going to online filings, so you sh- you should understand about LexisNexis file-and-serve, ECF filing, um, and, and any other electronic filing programs that would happen to be in your area. A good document management system, if you... Whether you have a particular knowledge about a particular document management system is, is not as important as the fact that you are comfortable with one. Um, and then, obviously, if you're an IP, you need to know USPTO, filing requirements, um, etc.
1: Kim, that, that is extremely helpful information. Um, another hot issue uh, you see a lot on the listservs, um, a lot, especially from a lot of new paralegals uh, and people seeking work, um, is how much experience um, are you... are legal employers typically requiring for, for, many of the positions that come across your desk.
3: And this is an area where I really do feel for the new paralegals. A lot of the positions that I'm seeing, they want five years of experience. Um, They're occasionally okay with going down to three years of experience, but I've I've found that they're unexcited about having a, a relatively junior paralegal. And I find that I have to do a little bit more of a selling process with the employer then. It's not that we're not successful, it's just I think you really need an advocate on your side when you're dealing with an employer if you're new to the field, somebody that's excited about, about you, has met you and said, you know, this person, I, they're really detail-oriented, and their, their previous supervisors, although not legal, have said these things about them, and, I, you know, really, you should take a chance on this employer. Um, but other than that, folks are looking for five-plus years of experience.
2: And what about educational and certification requirements?
3: It never hurts to have your bachelor's degree. (laughs) I think that's true in in just about any position these days. And if you've also attended an ABA-certified paralegal program, that will also give you a leg up in the process. Additionally, if your bar offers the certification program, such as North Carolina's bar offers the North Carolina-certified paralegal program, you you should de- endeavor to um, get certified. NALA is also a good place to get certified. It just shows a commitment to the field and a baseline of knowledge.
1: And and Kim, I would follow up on what you just said. Any of our listeners who have gotten an associate degree in paralegal studies, just really would encourage you to work on your bachelor's degree, even if it's at night while you're working full time. Um, it it will ultimately help you probably did probably down the line i want to go back to our newbies we've probably got a lot of them listening today um what tips do you have for paralegals who are just entering the job market are there positions available for them and and what can they do to make themselves more marketable and as you said earlier more attractive to potential employers
3: network 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 and do some more networking um, be comfortable going out to the local paralegal groups. Um, for example, Raleigh has a Raleigh-Wake Paralegal Association. We also have a RTP, Research Triangle Park Paralegal Association. And many of the counties have their own paralegal association. You should endeavor to get involved with that group so that you can meet other paralegals that are, are in the industry and able to connect you with with somebody who might be hiring Because you're an unknown quantity to folks, you you just really have to make them want to hire you, that they know somebody who knows you and is able to say, this person will be really great. That's why it's also good to work with a placement um, agency such as special counsel because they can do some of the selling for you. For example, special counsel maintains a relationship with its client firms and corporations, and sometimes we're able to, to... Get excited about a particular candidate and tell the potential employer that yes, I know you want three years of experience, but I I know this person. I've checked their references and I think they'd be a really good fit in your office, and and you should give them a chance. The other side of it is you really need to network. You need to join the local paralegal groups. You need to reach out on the list serves. You need to be on LinkedIn. Um, And and really just network, never miss an opportunity to have a lunch with somebody, even if it's just an informative, don't go in there thinking it's going to be a job interview, but you have to go in there thinking, I want to learn more about this practice area, this law firm from this person, and, and not even think about it leading to a job, and Folks appreciate that kind of interest, I think, and will think about you later when something comes up because you've shown an interest in their area.
2: And Kim, I just had a thought: many of the people who are coming out of paralegal schools now and looking for their first paralegal job aren't looking for their first job. They have mm-hmm. a lot of experience. So, do you help them transfer that experience into the you know into the paralegal work?
3: Yes. I mean, if you have somebody who perhaps had a scientific background, maybe they were in um, a field involving the sciences and now they've gone to paralegal school, that's a great person for me to work with, even as a newbie in an IP position. If you have somebody who is a real estate agent, um, that's a great person for me to work with. And placing them in real estate positions. If it was somebody who was perhaps a senior level executive assistant in a corporate setting, then that makes it much easier to, to transition them to a corporate paralegal position. So, and you should really kind of think out of the box as well on your paralegal experience. I went to a uh, job fair once, and I was sitting there, and I was looking at the, the paralegal resumes, and these were all newly graduating paralegals. It was with the uh, per- Meredith Paralegal Program. And uh, I was going through it, and one of the candidates was a, an interior designer in the past. And I started talking to her about what she liked about interior design, why she went to become a paralegal, and it became really clear to me that contracting might be a really good fit for her. So we were able to talk about her experience drafting and negotiating contracts in her interior design business and help parlay that into a contracting administration position.
2: That's really good news. I like, I like to hear that. Now, <laughs> you've, you've worked with numerous um, job seekers, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering... What traits do the most successful paralegal job applicants have?
3: A very strong attention to detail, poise in an interview. Um, Just think about the the paralegals, I think, get thrown so much in a day and and have to be so organized. So they really have to be able to handle anything with grace under pressure, so to speak. Um, I've always said that a good paralegal is borderline OCD. (laughs) And so I, I think as you're, as you're going through the interviewing process, being able to demonstrate that you can handle it without losing your mind um, will always stand you well. And being just organized. I don't think I've ever heard an attorney complain that their paralegal was too organized.
1: Kim, you made me laugh with the OCD thing. One of my previous supervising attorneys uh, kept calling me PH. And one day I said, well, why are you calling me PH? He said, uh-huh. oh, it stands for the perfectionist from hell. <laughs> so, and he entirely meant it as a compliment, but still, I may have Absolutely. left. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we've got one quick question before the break. Are you guys using social media in the placement process? And if so, um, how are you using it? Do you have any tips for job seekers who may be using it?
3: Um, I'm on LinkedIn, and I've joined as many groups as will have me on LinkedIn. And I know Special Counsel is on LinkedIn. They're on Facebook. We have Amanda Ellis is one of our um, senior senior, um, placement directors, and she wrote a book about using social media in in your job search, and she tweets um, Amanda Ellis, is her handle and she will tweet out positions. I know when I get positions, I will send them out to all of the groups that make sense to send them to on my LinkedIn profile. I know that other placement directors do the same thing. Tips for maintaining your LinkedIn profile, it really needs to be just like your resume in that no typos. Um make sure your position descriptions are clear. It 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 should look like a professionally done resume, at least the text and the narrative. It's nice to have a photograph, but make sure it's a professional photograph and not, you know, you having a great time at Mardi Gras. And um that's and keep an eye on those groups. Um, I find a lot of times I learn about new people in new positions and folks who have changed positions and it's really helpful to be able to send them a quick message and say i see that you recently changed positions congratulations on your your promotion um was thinking about you and and that's just a nice way to keep in touch and make sure people remember you and and know you're out there
2: just a little more networking right kim <laughs>
3: Isn't that what it all
2: boils down to? <laughs> it really does. It really does. Well it's time to take a quick break now. When we return, we'll continue our discussion with Kim Wurzel. Now a word from our sponsors, RedacT, Nala and Cleo.
0: Nala means professional. Nala offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development all paralegals and NALA's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NALA works actively with others in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org. Are you still redacting paper documents with a black marker and a trip to the copier? Electronic redaction is more efficient, more accurate, and keeps the document text searchable. Redactit makes it easy. Instantly search documents for words, names, or common privacy information like social security numbers. The software automatically creates a new rendition of the document as TIFF or searchable PDF, leaving the original safely untouched. Download a free 15 day trial of Redactit Desktop today at www.redact.com that's r e d a c t com
2: Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to talk to us about the role of security in cloud computing. Jack, what about security? Are there any ethical or security related concerns that need to be addressed with cloud computing? We're starting to see the first ethics opinions come out on cloud computing and the early proposed ethics opinions like that from the North Carolina State Bar indicate that there are no ethical issues relating to the use of cloud computing in a law firm, but that as with the use of any third party provider, an appropriate amount of due diligence needs to be undertaken to verify that the provider you're using has implemented an adequate level of security and privacy precautions and is essentially taking due care with your confidential client data. We've been talking to Jack Newton president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Vicki Voison. Today's guest is Kim Wurzel, a reformed litigator and placement director with special counsel in its Raleigh, North Carolina office. Now, Kim, this is a question I've really been anxious to ask you. Uh, you know, based on your experience, what are the top three areas that paralegal job seekers most need to improve to be more marketable?
3: I would say that they need to, to be willing to think outside the box and not um, focus so much on having the exact same job they already have or what they think is their dream job take a chance and and look at alternatives to the traditional paralegal route or if you've been doing litigation and be open to the idea of doing workers' comp litigation instead of pure litigation and just just be willing to take a chance um, keep your energy up. I know that the job search gets long and disheartening at times, but it really is not personal if you are not selected for a position. And it can be hard to maintain your enthusiasm for the search, but you really need to try to do whatever you need to do to stay enthusiastic about yourself. And that's the other thing is don't ever forget that you are your own best salesperson. You should always present yourself as a professional. People are going to respect you if you respect yourself. Um, So just keep your chin up is probably a good way to sum that up.
1: Kim, I want to briefly touch on a hot-button issue. Um, uh, recently, Lee Rosen, who happens to be a Raleigh, North Carolina, family law attorney, and who also writes the popular practice management blog, Divorce Discourse, wrote a post suggesting that the glut of new lawyer graduates in this economy actually makes it more profitable for employers to hire associates instead of paralegals. Are you seeing that trend? Are are employers really asking for inexperienced lawyers willing to work for less than experienced paralegals?
3: That is absolutely not what I'm seeing. In fact, I'm seeing precisely the opposite. The hardest time I have placing candidates is somebody who has their J.D., but is open to paralegal positions. Law firms typically are not excited about having a JD or a new lawyer as a paralegal because that person went to law school and. They spend a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of energy, and the firm will often wonder if they're really interested in being a paralegal and how long are they going to stick around. And I also think there's just a different skill set. I know as an attorney, I really relied on my paralegals to keep me on track and focused and organized while I got to, you know, wander off in the clouds of legal discourse, they kept me grounded. I There was no way I could do the work that my paralegal did. She was just too organized. I don't think I would ever be that organized. I, I just, I disagree with that.
2: That is really, yeah, that's great news, Kim. We're glad, we're glad to hear that. And I think both Lynn and I felt that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mr. Le- Mr. Rosen was uh, pretty strong in his position. Anyway, we just talked about uh, when you're looking for a job and, and what you need to do, and you talked about looking outside the box mm-hmm. and also never giving up. And I always refer to looking for a job as, as really your job at the present time. You have to treat it that way. But do you have any other suggestions for paralegals who are currently applying for a job?
3: I- again, just... Stay, stay focused on the end prize. Um, don't forget that you have to live your life while you're, while you're going through this search. Um, enjoy the moment that you're in, even if it's not necessarily the most pleasant place to be. And, and stay positive. Try to stay excited about yourself. When you go in for an interview, you are not desperately hoping they will love you. You are going in there to see if it's a good fit for both of you. And I think if you take that attitude into the interview with you, you will convey confidence you're checking them out as much as they're checking you out. Think about it. You spend eight plus, probably more like 12 hours a day with these people. You want to make sure they're people you want to be with for that many hours in a day.
1: That's exactly right, Kim. The 12 is more accurate for anybody thinking about (laughs) litigation jobs right now. Um, Kim, you have been great. You have provided a lot of valuable information that I know our listeners will appreciate. How can they get in touch with you or special counsel if they have questions or would like to contact the company for job placement services?
3: Well, special counsel has a website, specialcounsel.com. And if you go to our Legal Jobs tab, you can input search criteria. Um, alternatively, you can click on the locations and see if there's a location near you and click on that and it will give you the direct number to, um, to that office. Alternatively, you can dial 1-800-737-3436 and that will automatically route you to the closest uh, special counsel office.
2: Well, thanks, Kim. And if you have questions about today's show, please email them to Voice at gmail.com. We're going to take another short break and come back with some paralegal news and announcements. So don't go away.
0: You never have enough friends or followers, right? Check out Legal Talk Network on Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn, too. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial playing in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at LegalTalkNetwork.com.
1: Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. This is the time when Vicki and I give our practice tips and social media tips. I got two quick social media tips and one of them is follows up on Kim's encouragement of you to participate on LinkedIn. In particular, join some of the paralegal groups, the national paralegal groups like Paralegal Gateway, some of your state groups. I see people all of the time who aren't a member, who are paralegals or paralegal students who are not a member of any of the paralegal groups on LinkedIn and probably don't realize that it's a lot easier for them to expand their LinkedIn group and their connections because you can very easily connect with people and send invitations to people who are already in the same group as you are, whereas it's very difficult uh, if you want to reach out to somebody that you don't know and you don't have their email address. So join a LinkedIn paralegal group or more than one if you haven't already done so. The other tip follows. I've got a series of speaking engagements actually coming up. I'm speaking at a litigation CLE. Oh, you guys are gonna feel so sorry for me at the beach on Friday for the North Carolina Bar Association. And then I have to drive to another beach 45 minutes away and speak to the North Carolina Paralegal Association on Saturday. So world's teeniest violin, right? Um, anyway, I'll be talking about ethics and social media at both, uh, CLE's different presentations, but this is a question that I get a lot. I get this emailed a lot and I get it emailed from, from really savvy people and they want to know if during the course of an investigation for litigation, if they can friend witnesses or sometimes even the opposing party on Facebook. The, the broad answer, the ethical answer, Is no. Uh, Usually the question is followed by Can I just not tell them who I am or can I set up a false profile with a picture of Julia Roberts and try to get in that way so I can look at all their junk? No, no, and no. Um, If you do contact anybody on Facebook or use social media for litigation purposes, uh, you and your supervising attorney need to have a plan of action agreed to in advance and anybody that you contact via social media, no pretext. You have to tell them that you are a paralegal working for a firm and also you can't contact anybody you couldn't contact in real life. Same ethics rules apply in the virtual world. That's it. What have you got today, Vicki?
2: Well, I'm going to follow up a little bit with what Kim had to say today and that is to always keep your resume up to date doesn't matter if you're looking for a job today or not it's much easier to uh, keep it up a little at a time than to be in a panic and also you never know when a, a recruiter like you know Kim might call you and ask you if you'd like a job and then you're going to need your resume so you don't want to be scrambling for that and the other thing again is to is to network uh, watch those trends out there watch what uh, you know where people are working and, and be sure that your skills are up to date to keep up with those trends So that's all I have today, Lynn. And uh, I don't want anyone to forget that they should check out the show notes on our blogs. That would be practicalparalegalism.com and paralegalmentor.com. Thanks, Vicki. This is Lynn DeVenni. And I'm Vicki Voison, thanking you all for joining us today and reminding you to make your paralegal voice heard.
0: The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice with Linda Venny and Vicki Voison. This podcast is produced by The Legal Talk Network. Be sure to get the next edition of the podcast. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes.